0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled, A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And today's poem is entitled, In My Mind. Here we go. In my mind, you are missing me as much as I miss you. In my mind, you are hoping for a sweet encounter between us two. In my mind, we regret every word we said that caused our relationship to end. In my mind, I am that person who has your heart. In my mind, you you still think of me when we are apart. In my mind, the words, I'm sorry, come so easily. In my mind, you never let go of me. We have learned from our past mistakes. Reconciliation is never too late. We stay together as we embrace another day forever in my mind. So I hope that you all have had the most amazing morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode however yes in my mind so when i'm looking over a lot of the poems that i wrote when i experienced so many nuances of relationships um, i realized that there were a lot of circumstances where my mind got the best of me um, even when it meant letting go so sometimes when you are in a toxic relationship. And you know that that is not necessarily the best place for you to be. But for whatever reason, maybe you're afraid of being alone. Maybe you don't like the feeling of being lonely. Maybe it is that you just want companionship. Whatever your reason is for staying in a toxic relationship, um, what I have learned is that the mind truly is a terrible thing to waste. Because a lot of times we will pine for the unhealthy relationship instead of trying to make our mindsets healthier, the way that we think healthier, the way that we look at relationships, because in my um, endeavor to try to learn more about myself. What I've also come to discover is that one of the best relationships that you need to nurture and that you really must have is with self. And so mental health, mental health is real. Um, It is necessary. Um, If you do not have the right mind, then you will eventually find yourself in a situation where, yes, you know, this ain't the best thing for you for so many reasons. Maybe the person doesn't know how to speak to you. Maybe they truly just don't know how to treat you. Maybe they've never learned how to love themselves. So therefore, they don't know how to project that onto you in terms of loving you. Maybe you never learned how to love yourself. So you constantly draw the wrong type of people to you because you didn't learn or master loving yourself. And so in going through those things and making those decisions, um, you can find yourself in a situation where you are really and truly in the wrong relationship. And if you're in the wrong relationship, my opinion, in my opinion, the only way that you're ever going to discover or even experience a right relationship is to learn how to love yourself unapologetically. Is that easy? No. You might find yourself sometimes being like, oh, my goodness, you know, because I didn't I didn't practice this when I was younger, uh, because I didn't do self-healing when I was younger. I find myself in very complicated situations. I find myself saying yes when I need to say no or saying no when I need to say yes. Whatever the situation is, sometimes when you haven't mastered loving yourself then you will find yourself in toxic situations. So what do you do? What do you do when you have not developed the appropriate level of mental health? What do you do when it seems as if all that you keep drawing to you are negative experiences? What do you do whenever you look back over The decisions that you've made concerning relationships and you realize that they were one sided and they weren't necessarily reciprocated. I had to take that journey. And when I took that journey, what I discovered is that I had gotten so caught up in people pleasing. I had gotten so caught up in making sure that I could put a smile on someone else's face that I lost sight of myself. And by my losing sight of myself, there were a lot of things that I said yes to that I should have said no to. There were a lot of things that I said no to that I should have said yes to and then, over a period of time, I found myself in a very in compromising positions, and what I mean by that is that I found myself being in a relationship that I should have ended months ago or years ago, finding myself making excuses for that individual, even though they were showing me their true colors, even though they were showing me that they weren't that into me in my mind, I could fix it in my mind. I had the solution in my mind, if I stay just a little bit longer, I could teach you how to love me the right way, or you would find yourself loving me the right way instead of this wrong way that you had been pretty much, I should have been using that as my red flag to let you go. Looking back, those are some of the lessons that I discovered is that, okay, while I was busy trying to figure out ways to hold on to the toxic relationship, when I was looking at those red flags, that really was an indication that I needed to let that relationship go. So why didn't I? Part of it, I believe, the reason why I didn't let it go is because it was comfortable. I was complacent. I didn't want to have to start over. I didn't want to um, have another quote unquote failed relationship under my um, belt. I didn't want to have to go through all the questions of why didn't y'all work out? What happened? I didn't want to have to go and answer those questions. So a lot of times I opted to stay in the relationship to um, avoid embarrassment. Looking back, that was just one of the most craziest reasons to stay in a toxic relationship, to avoid embarrassment. Child, truth be told, I'm always embarrassed. There's always something, a level of embarrassment that's going to take place in my life. There's something that I'm going to say or something I'm going to do or something I'm going to be a part of that's going to cause me to be embarrassed. So the fact that that was one of the main reasons why I opted to, to stay in toxic relationships, that just goes to show How much I needed counseling, how much I needed therapy, how much I needed to deal with my um, past traumas. That explains, as I look over everything, like even your reasoning for staying in toxic relationships was toxic, if I'm just keeping it 100. And so, one of the reasons why I believe that, you know, changing my mindset was vital is because I noticed that where's the pattern? You know, people always tell you this, like if, if, the common denominator is you, then it's time for you to look within. So I had to learn that. I had to learn that the common denominator was me, that there was something that I was not getting a hold of. There was something, there was a revelation for whatever reason that I just was not getting. And because I wasn't getting that revelation, I was staying in this, these, cause you know, I didn't just have one unhealthy relationship. I had multiple unhealthy relationships and then, um, part of it. Okay. So when I'm looking over the, I guess you say the timeline. So initially some of the relationships that I was into, the individuals had not done the work. See, you got to keep in mind. I didn't even understand what doing the work meant until my forties. And that's just me being hundred percent transparent. So you hear it, but I don't think I ever like paid attention to it because I, for whatever reason, I didn't think doing the work applied to me per se and found out over a period of time, honey, it it applies to you and everybody else walking this planet. You got to do the work like you're not exempt from doing the work. If you truly want to heal, you got to start within. And if by starting within, that means facing your demons. That means facing your proclivities. That means dealing with these unresolved issues. That means owning your trauma. Um, And when when I say owning your trauma, I just simply mean addressing it. Because a lot of times what I would do was brush the trauma under the rug. And over a period of time, by my uh, um, brushing the dra- the trauma under the and the drama under the rug i had this presentation about myself that made it seem as if i was okay but internally i was being killed softly internally the rejection the abandonment the mistreatment the verbal abuse the physical abuse the emotional abuse the anguish all of the things that were stirring on the inside of me was affecting me. And so it affected my conversation. It affected the way I dealt with people, the people that were kind to me. I was mean to the people that were mean to me. I was kind to, I had no sense of actual balance. I was doing everything backwards. And so it took me listening and opening up my ears to get the divine revelation. Teresa, you're the common denominator you're the problem and yes because you haven't addressed these issues it is bleeding in all these different areas including your relationships so fast forward what happens when you do the work so once i shifted my mindset once i stopped putting my conscience on the individual Once I started allowing the individual to be who they were unapologetically, as I became myself unapologetically, I noticed that my communication changed. I noticed that my dialogue in relationships changed. I noticed that I was able to convey my frustration. I was able to articulate it clearly. I was able to talk about it. I was able to get it out, whether it was good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. However, I felt I was able to communicate. If I faltered, in my communication and offended someone I was quick to apologize the old version of myself did not know what that looked like nor was I ever interested in taking ownership of my wrong statements or the wrong decisions that I've made or even holding people accountable so I literally became a doormat not even realizing that that's what I was doing. I literally gave permission indirectly to step all over me, to mistreat me, to talk to me crazy. And I would grin and bear it. I would deal with it as if it were okay when it really was not okay. And so, Looking over that, when I did shift my mindset, when I became more accountable for my words, actions and deeds, what I noticed is that people start to fall off because as long as some people can treat you any kind of way and get away with it, they're okay with you. But the minute that you stand up for yourself, because they've gotten so accustomed to treating you and talking to you any kind of way, the moment that you stand up for yourself, it's like, who do you think you are? Well, the reality of it is, is that when I was dealing with you, you were dealing with the reflection of me not knowing who I was. Now that I'm coming into the knowledge and the wisdom of who I am, I understand that I don't deserve to be mistreated, that I don't deserve to be talked to any kind of way, and that the love that I pour out, I deserve for it to be reciprocated. And when I'm being rejected, now I no longer look at it as, oh my goodness, woe is me. I look at it as rejection is God's protection because there's something that he's protecting me from. I may not be in the full awareness of what that from is at that moment. I may not be in the full awareness of what it is that he is protecting me from, but I now know that rejection is his protection. So because I know that rejection is his protection, I don't look at rejection the same way that I once did. My mind has shifted. Now it's a blessing to be rejected because I see my value. I know my worth. And so if a person rejects me at the level of the value that I'm at, it means that I was never meant to be yours to begin with. And that's really okay. The old me internalized that and had an issue with that. That was the old ver. I had a totally different. And then I also had an issue with letting people go. So I remember I remember one of my best friends of the whole wide world. She told me she was like, "You will you will find a broken bird and try to fix its wings." And that's pretty much the definition of my failed relationships. That's what I was doing. I would see How a person or an individual was toxic and for whatever reason, I would feel as if my presence would help change the trajectory of their attitude and eventually they would see their worth and they would see their value and then they would begin to blossom and grow. That was the maternal side of myself. Well, I only have six children, so technically I'm pouring into something that you're going to have to get help. I can't be your mama. But I had to learn that and I was surrounded by people that were willing to tell me about me, um, not fearful of the repercussions of telling me about me, if that makes sense. And so as time has gone on, I've taken those insights that they've provided. I've taken the observations that they've given me and I've looked within and asked myself, is this facts? Are these facts? Yes, they are facts. OK, so what are we going to do to change the, the whole narrative? Are we going to keep on doing this and getting the same results? Or are we going to change? So now. I am OK. With not being desired, I am OK with not being the people's choice, I am OK with not being a people pleaser. I am okay with speaking my truth. I am okay with speaking my truth in love. Now, I'm not saying that every time I speak my truth that it's in love because there's been some times that I've been all the way ticked off and I have expressed my truth at that time. But I'm also learning how to weigh my words because I know that words can hurt. Words can bring up, they can build up or words can tear down. So it depends on you and how you use your words. In my mind, I've had to work on how I convey my truth. I don't always get it 100. I promise you, I do not. And even that's okay. Because as long as you're learning from your mistakes, that's what truly matters. A lot of times we just don't want to take the time out to learn from our mistakes and we suffer for that reason. So that's something else that I have come to grow and love about myself is that, girl, you're going to get it wrong. And you probably going to get it wrong 15 times before you get it right that one time. But when you get it right that one time, it's going to be so worth the 15 times that you got it wrong. And it com- that even comes with relationships. I have made so many wrong choices to the point that now I can recognize when someone is not truly for me. One of the and I know there's a lot of people that are just like, I'm not all for dating. I don't want to date. You know, you should only court blase blase. Okay, that's for you. What I wanted to use this opportunity as when it came to dating is to learn who my, not only my audience, but to find out what was compatible for me. And one of the reasons why I wanted to find out what was compatible for me is because I don't want to make the same mistake again. So by my not wanting to make the same mistake, guess what? I got to figure out what's out there now it just so happened that in the course of my courting and well, not courting, but dating, um, I ended up meshing with an individual. And we've had like the greatest time discovering, learning each other, learning our, our quirks, learning our proclivities, all that kind of stuff. We've had a really great we've built a wonderful um, friendship. But at the same time, I don't believe that if our past would have crossed 20 years ago, that the type of experience that we've had thus far would be our testimony. Because I had too much stuff going on inside of my mind. He had too much stuff going on inside of his mind. So now we're able to take our friendship and we're able to communicate in ways that people don't normally communicate. A lot of times, all you want to do when you're getting to know people is focus on the positive. It takes a different level of maturity for you to be like, "Mm, okay, so you know this situation Um, let me just give you some feedback on how maybe you want to revisit it differently the next time. And this is the why, and this is, you know, maybe this could be used. I don't know, you know, what your future is going to hold, but if you are contemplating ever getting serious with anyone, you might want to do this a little bit differently for the sake of making sure you don't ruffle any feathers, you know, and so Having that dialogue or, oh, so, okay. So I've been watching you and let me tell you some of the things that give me alarm. You may not be mindful. I'm gonna give you a perfect example. So <laughs> one thing out ladies, one thing about, let me tell you some, when you have guy friends, friends, I'm talking about the way they are truly, genuinely concerned about your well being. I don't even know that they realize that they do this, but they have a, a fatherly approach. I don't know what that's about, but I noticed because my brothers do it, my, I'm, I'm, of course my dad, but it's like, I've noticed that even with my guy friends, they do the same thing. So it'll be like, okay, so Teresa, I noticed that, you know, we went over here to go grab a bite to eat. And you know, this time we took your vehicle and not mine, but I noticed that your tank was pretty much on empty. Um, so if you're caught in traffic you're putting yourself as well as your children in a very compromising position. So what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and go fill your tank. And I just kind of, you know, I'm just suggesting you don't have to follow this suggestion, but you might want to get into the habit of refilling your tank when it's on half. (laughs) And so my son calls it man advice or, but he called it something different, but it pretty much is like, you know, a man give you advice. And so, I chuckled when he was giving me this advice because, you know, I do have a habit of filling my tank, but for whatever reason, so much had been going on in my world at that time that I kept putting it off. So he didn't see where my tank was full. He only saw where my tank was empty. So in his mind, this was a habit for me and After we had our dialogue, I started to realize men just look at things differently and it's more of a provider, a caretaker, uh, you know, I'm really trying to be your friend. I want you to know I have your best interest at heart. And so their approach is just a little bit different. And. If I had not worked on myself as much as I have worked and I still got a lot of work to go. So please don't ever think that I think that I've arrived because I do not think in any way, form or fashion that I have arrived. I know that I got so much more work to do because once you actually get into the realm of testing how much work has paid off, you're going to be tested so it's it's one of those things that I'm forever learning about myself. I'm I'm learning about what ticks me off. I'm learning about what brings me joy. I'm learning about um, what my proclivities are. I'm I'm learning. I'm discovering myself, and I'm really enjoying this journey. Truth to be told, I'm 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 really enjoying the the discovery of myself. I'm discover. I'm loving that. I'm loving the journey. That's something that has taken me forty seven years to actually focus on actually 46 because I think I started this journey at age 46 but anyhow it's taken me this long for me to realize like I'm worth my own investment and so I'm worth surrounding myself with people that genuinely care about my well-being they're worth surrounding themselves with people that genuinely care about their well-being Um, and I'm learning just I'm just learning about myself and I love it so in the course of that you know One of the things that has been brought to my attention there, women just think differently. We just think differently. And so but I had to open up the lines of communication so that the one experience that this individual had did not become their full perception of who I am. So then the next time he got in my car, he's like, oh, okay, so you're you know, you're like you got a lot of gas. This is my norm. You just happened to catch me in a season where I had so much going on that I kept putting it off. That doesn't mean that I don't fill my tank up because my tank stays full because I know that I'm a busy woman. So it it stays full. But the fact that that particular incident, it did not. It was an isolated incident that you pretty much made it the norm. Now, let me tell you a little, you know, give you all a little heads up that used to be my norm. So it used to be my norm to drive around on empty. And that was until I started getting therapy. (laughs) When I started getting therapy, I started to realize some of the things that I was doing physically um, and emotionally was manifest. Some of the things that was happening to me emotionally was manifesting physically. So let's think about that for a moment. Let's unpack that. So if I am operating on empty all the time, who can I pour into? If you're operating on empty all of the time, who can you pour into? Once I actually came into that divine revelation that I need to be on full so that my cup runneth over and then I can pour into others, that became my new norm. Some people will catch that later. Once I recognized that there was no way that I could pour into anyone else if I'm empty, that I began to focus on becoming full so that my cup would run over and then I could pour into others. And that's sometimes what you have to do. Sometimes what you have to do is take a moment out and be like, hey, 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 I've been doing this too long and y'all are reaping all of the benefits, but I'm depleted. I got to take time out for me. I got to replenish what it is that I poured into you when I'm right back at over 100 percent then I can pour into you. And that's when I become cheerful about it again. So it's taken time and I'm still learning about how to shift my mindset. For every individual is different, but I do recognize a lot faster now that I am a person that gets so extremely bothered by a person that does not keep their word. Why is that? Now I got to dig deeper. Who broke a promise to me? Now I got to dig deeper. Why did that broken promise affect me to the capacity that now whenever a promise is broken, I feel some type of way about it. Distrust starts to remanifest. Why is it? Guess what? You got to check why you think how you think. And once you find out what that root is, then you deal with that root. You deal with the root cause of the problem so that that way it's not bleeding into your relationships. You know how like a lot of times we hear, oh, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's something deeper, something bigger. Guess what? That's a reality. It's not about us. Nine times out of 10, it all had nothing to do with us, but it's something that has touched us in some kind of way that has affected us in some type of way. And we maybe never dealt with it. We just brushed it under the rug. And then when something that duplicates that situation manifests, Now we got a problem with this new situation because we never addressed the old situation. What I'm learning is how to put the new situation on pause for a moment Go all the way back, do a little soul searching. Why did this make you feel this type of way? Why are you reacting this type of way? Who hurt you? Now I'm asking myself those deeper questions. Who hurt you? Did you ever forgive that person for hurting you? Because if you didn't, nine times out of 10, when this person did something... That looked identical to what that person did, even though their intentions may not have even been the same intentions of when it was first done to you. You may treat them like the other person that did you that way. So now that I recognize that I'm more into, let's talk about, let's be in the present. Let's not hold each other accountable for how people did us in the past. Let's enjoy the now, whatever that looks like. Let's enjoy the nurturing of our friendship. Let's enjoy the time that we spend. Let's enjoy the laughter that we share, not holding my past against me. You not holding your past Me not holding my past against you and you not holding your past against me so that we can be in the now moment and create brand new memories that hopefully will cancel out the negative experiences that we've had. But it takes a level of maturity to get to that, because a lot of times when we go through heartache and heartbreak and pain and all of that and suffering and all of that and trauma, a lot of times we want to keep that in the present. We want to make we want to try to figure out a way to affiliate the two. And that causes more damage, in my opinion, than it does good. The only time that it actually helps you if you're learning from those situations. But if you're using those situations like, huh? oh, yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah, I knew it. I knew you were like such and such. Mm Mm-hmm. Such and such used to do the same thing. I knew it was something. That's probably the reason why I was even interested in you have that familiar spirit. Then you just go on this tangent that had nothing to do with nothing, all because you never dealt with what hurt you to begin with and who hurt you to begin with. So now everybody looks like that person or those persons. I don't want that to be my testimony. I hope you don't want it to be yours. So I am going to conclude this episode on today. But in my mind, we are whole, we are are healed, and we are better because we have dealt with and faced our past. I hope that you you will be encouraged on today. Um, I will not be reading a letter to my future hubby, but I will say this. Please do me a huge favor and take care of yourselves because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one, and thank you for listening. Bye.